But the thing you have to keep in mind before you give up is that if you give up, the guarantee is it will never happen. You push through it and you'll make it through the day. No matter how bad things get, life is beautiful and things will always be better. Scared? Alone? Unsure of what's to come? This podcast is for our brothers and sisters who struggle with homelessness. Join us on this journey to improve our mental health, to challenge what's possible, to become who we are. Let's ignite hope one spark at a time and set our dreams on fire. Welcome back to all of our wonderful friends here in the Street Strong community. So happy you're with us. Grateful for each and every one of you. Um, You know, if you're listening to this, uh, please, please don't forget to share this podcast with fellow homeless shelters, with folks who are struggling out there um, day to day. It's a battle. It's a battle that we're all going to win together. Um, but, But please share this podcast. Don't forget to to like, subscribe, write a couple comments down, little reviews are great. Uh, I also love voice messages. Um, Voice messages are wonderful. You can go to Spotify and send me a question or a voice message that could be the topic of a future episode. So we really want to continue growing this vibrant community, uh, everybody in it together, and there's no telling where we're going to go. We're already in multiple nations and I don't know, 20, 30 some U.S. states. It's really exciting. But let's get to the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about attention and how paying attention, carefully paying attention, is destiny. It is our destiny when it comes to mental health, right? What we pay attention to uh, ultimately determines the content of our thoughts and our emotions, our behaviors, our character, and then our destiny. And it's so powerful. I'm going to start off with a, with a quote that I heard um, from, a, from a, a, a psychology book called Resilient. And it's one of the most powerful quotes I've ever heard in mental health. And I have to share it with you. And I hope you share it with other people. And I hope you talk about it in, with, with groups of people, with friends, with people at the shelter, um, with your coworkers, with, with, with family, loved ones, strangers. I hope you mention this quote because there's so much to think about. It's such a loaded quote. And it blew my mind when I heard it. Attention is property. I'm going to repeat that again. Attention is property. Our attention is a scarce commodity. Our attention is so incredibly important and we should treat it like our property because there are some people out there, if you dump a can of Coca-Cola on their front lawns, they're going to come out with a gun in their hands. Okay. And that might be, that might be kind of an exaggeration, but it's also not. There are some people out there who are so, uh, what's the word I can use on this podcast that is acceptable and won't put this in the explicit content category. Some people are so wackadoodle about their property. You know, they think they can just take it, take it to with them in the afterlife. 
that that if you if you even if you even remove a blade of grass from their nine acres of lawn, they will come out chasing you with a machete. Okay, and yet those same people have no problem. They have no problem doom scrolling on Instagram. They have no problem watching some stupid show that doesn't make them any smarter, that doesn't move move them in any positive direction in their lives. Don't get me wrong. I'm all about wasting some of my time. But there's people who waste a lot of time. And those are the same people that would chase you with a machete if you even plucked a blade of grass from their front lawns. Okay? And so why are we so careful with our physical property and we're not nearly as careful about our emotional property. Now, please, if you're out there, never chase anybody with a weapon, especially a machete, not even a pencil, not even a potato. Don't chase people, period. It's not polite behavior. I'm not condoning that in any way. It was just a joke. It was just a simple little comparison I wanted to make. So I have a little bit of... um of a, I don't know if you want to call it a speech. It's more of just thoughts that I have when it comes to attention. My, my goal here is to provide a little bit of education um, and, and to, to talk to you um, in, a, in, a, in a special kind of way because attention is so important and I want to really drive this point home and I want to do it in a way that really resonates because um, in, in the homeless community out there, the stakes are so high. And, and it's so hard to pay attention um, because, you know, homeless people who are struggling with homelessness, they're not sleeping very often. That alone is like, there goes your attention, right? When we don't sleep, we can't remember things from the day before. Our, our short-term memory actually gets worse when we can't sleep. It's harder to learn the next day. It's harder to focus the next day. It's harder to be patient the next day. Not sleeping, which is, which is, bread and butter for folks who are homeless, um, not sleeping means your attention is so scattered and, and, and just dysfunctional. And so, um, this really hits home. The, the idea of attention, it really hits home in the homeless community. And it's just so darn important for us, uh, to, to be mindful of our attention. Um, so here we go. I, I, I created Kind of a little little speech for everybody here, if you will. Um, and, and I'm going to start. So in the vast expanse of our minds, there lies a fertile plot of land waiting to be cultivated, nurtured, and transformed into a lush garden of experiences, thoughts, and emotions. This land is our attention, a property so important that it can shape the fabric of our destiny. Like any seasoned gardener knows, what we choose to plant and nurture in our garden determines the harvest that we reap. In the realms of mental health and personal growth, this metaphor finds its most profound expression. Ancient wisdom of the Proverbs serves as our guiding principle, reminding us to let your eyes look straight ahead, fix your gaze directly before you. It's a timeless piece of counsel to guard our attention 
with the care and diligence of a guardian who's looking over a cherished garden. The modern world, with all of its noises and cackles, stands as a testament to the forgot forgotten art of attention. Every moment we are bombarded and besieged by demands for our focus, pulling us away from the essence of what truly matters in our lives. Instagram, Facebook, advertisements, billboards, scratch-off tickets. We are bombarded with people who are paid to compete for our precious attention. But let me tell you all something. Herein lies our power. We ultimately have the ability to choose. We have the ability to choose the seeds we sow in the garden of our mind, to choose the thoughts, the emotions, and behaviors that we want to water and allow to flourish in our garden. This choice is not merely an act of passive preference, but a declaration of our destiny. The ability to pay attention to what we want to pay attention to is the difference between a life that hinges on choice versus chance. As we embark on this journey through the garden of attention, we delve into the relationship between our focus and our mental well-being. We explore how the brain, our most powerful organ, operates much like a computer, processing inputs and determining our outputs. This sheds light on the critical role of paying attention. Our brain is a gate through which we sense the world and it enters our minds, shaping our perceptions, our actions, and ultimately, our character. And what happens when weeds of distraction overrun our garden? The allure of doom scrolling, the venom of toxic relationships, the shadows of old grudges vie for our attention, threatening to choke the life out of our dreams. Yet it is within our grasp to weed out these distractions, to clear the space for growth, for beauty, and for meaning. We're going to talk about how to cultivate attention. From the seeds of thought we choose to sow to the weeds of distraction, we must vigilantly remove from our minds and our gardens. We're going to talk about practical strategies some mindful practices. We're going to learn how to nurture our garden to ensure that it flourishes into a haven of peace, purpose, and prosperity. The first idea here is that we need to sow wisely. In the intricate garden of our minds, every seed we plant has the potential to sprout into a thought, an emotion, or a behavior that defines our character and ultimately our destiny. To realize this brings to light the immense importance of sowing wisely, of choosing with great care the focus of our attention. Our brain is like a computer. and We talked about that. And how computers, they take in sensory information, they filter it through our minds and we get new thoughts and perceptions and beliefs. Our past, our past 
A lot of stuff has happened. We've been through difficult times. We've been burned. We've been hurt. We've been rejected. And our brain is like a computer that never forgets. It tries to predict what's going to happen again in the future. It tries to scare us. Those memories, those bad relationships, those negative thoughts are like weeds. We have to pluck away from our garden so we're able to grow again. Now, our brain has an incredible ability to determine the quality of our experience in life. By carefully selecting what we allow in our minds, by carefully selecting the people we allow ourselves to associate with, by carefully selecting the websites we go to, the books we read, we get to determine the character of our thoughts. And our thoughts determine the character of our emotions. And our emotions determine the character of our behavior and the behavior we have influences and determines our destiny and our future. We can't let the viruses of negativity, fear, and doubt overwhelm our system. We can't let the past determine the future. We've got to pull those weeds. We've got to let go of them so that we have space to nurture what we need today. Faith and fear are two types of seeds we can choose to plant. Fear is often fueled by negative beliefs, such as the world being a dangerous place, feelings of not being worthy, feelings of being defective or wrong or bad can take root and they can grow into pervasive weeds. These weeds take up our resources and our energy. They leave little room for growth. By the opposite of that, planting seeds of faith, believing in the goodness of others, even though our experience has taught us the complete opposite, believing that love is possible, that housing can happen, that the possibility of a hopeless or hopeful future, <laughs> you don't want to believe in the possibility of a hopeless future, believing in the possibility of a hopeful future will cultivate a garden rich with resilience, with peace, with happiness. But it starts with having faith. We have to have faith that despite the fact that life can be dangerous and uncertain, that there is beauty, there's love, there's trust, there's possibility to be found if we just have faith that it's there. If we pay attention to that stuff, if we pay attention to the beauty, to the kindness of strangers, if our radar is on for that, we slowly collect those moments and they become part of our worldview. And it starts with having faith that it's even possible to begin with. It starts with having faith that the past is not necessarily the most accurate way to look at the world. Even though it feels real deep in our bones, our hearts are beating fast because of the trauma we've been through. Our breath is short. Our fingers are tingling. We're nauseous. We're scared. But having faith that our life is just one little sliver of possibility. It's just one little story. It's just one little piece of a much larger truth. Well, now we're curious. Now we're motivated. Now we're ready to go. Now we're ready to keep on fighting and learning and loving. So it starts with faith. Now our attention is a gatekeeper. We're a gatekeepers. We get to decide who comes through that gate. 
just like a gardener who decides which seeds to plant and which ones to discard. We can focus on what truly matters. We can filter out the irrelevant and the harmful. It's a powerful tool in our quest to cultivate a healthy mental garden. By choosing to direct our focus towards positive experiences and thoughts, we actively shape our mental landscape. Again, this is about choice versus chance. When we choose what gets into the gate, we don't let chance decide our fate. When the stakes are high and we need a house, when we need to feel safe, when we need to feel loved, when we need to get the next meal on our plates, the stakes are too high to be left up to chance. This is about choice versus chance. And attention is the way to get there. We do have to weed out the distractions from our garden. There are unwelcome intruders that can quickly overrun the carefully cultivated landscape of our minds. They divert vital resources away from our true intentions and desires. We have to understand the nature of these demons, of these distractions, for what they are. They're not playful little cat videos. They're not playful little pranks that we see on social media. They're not playful little advertisements telling us to buy more Orange Julius. I don't even know if they still sell that anymore. No, 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 no. They might look playful. They might look funny. But they, they are hijacking resources from our mind. They're hijacking potential from us. We've got to slam the door. We've got to be gatekeepers. We spend almost 50% of our lives thinking about something other than the present moment. That's 50% of our lives where we're not living in the moment, where we're not loving and learning in the moment, where our mind wanders. And we know in psychology that a wandering mind is an unhappy mind. We wander because we are not content with the present and we want more. When we wander, we are not happy. And that's a problem. We wander back to personal battlegrounds of toxic relationships and unresolved grievances. Those people are so far away from our lives, we may never see them again, talk to them again. They sure as heck won't help us find housing. They sure as heck won't give us courage. What are they doing for us anymore? Do we need them in our lives? Do we need to, do we need to carry that burden that they keep trying to, to shove into our laps, to poison our garden. Well, it's up to us to choose choice versus chance. That battle against distraction is not merely against external forces, but also the internal echoes of our past hurts, our fears, our anxieties. Worries take root, deep roots like weeds difficult to extract, constantly draining our garden's vitality. The allure of negative news, the seduction of social media, the comfort of the familiar yet harmful thought patterns are all examples of how our attention can be hijacked, redirecting our focus from constructive to destructive pathways. Homelessness is very difficult. There are real threats to safety. There is a constant battle for basic necessities like food and shelter and water. Sleep deprivation is horrible. It is so hard to stay focused when our lives, our livelihoods are in such jeopardy. 
are in such danger on a day-to-day basis when it's so touch and go. It's so difficult. It's never easy. But we can choose. We can choose what we allow into our lives when the stakes are that high. We can set clear boundaries. We can cultivate environments that allow us to build tools, to build an arsenal against the weeds of distraction. By actively choosing where to direct our attention, we reclaim the power to shape the garden of our minds, fostering a space where positive thoughts and emotions can flourish and can change our circumstances for the better. Now, after we weed out distractions from our garden, it's time to focus on nurturing and caring for the plants that we desire to flourish. It's about intentional cultivation, providing our garden with nutrients and care that it needs to thrive. We're going to talk about some practical strategies that serve as sunshine, water, and soil for our mental garden that that fosters growth and strength and well-being. I made it up but it's based on a lot of my education and experience. Sounds silly, but I talk about the three B's to restore our attention. And I want you to think about the three B's. I want you to share the three B's with each other when we talk about the garden of our minds. The first B is breathing. Breathing is so powerful because it trains our mind to focus on one thing and one thing only, our breath. When we focus on our breath, we are training our mind. We are, we are making the muscle of attention stronger. Just inhale and exhale for one whole minute and try to focus on your breath. For 60 seconds, try to only focus on your breath. See if you're able to do that. See how often your mind can wander. Keep practicing that. The second B is baking. Now, I know in... I know homeless folks, folks who are struggling with homelessness, it ain't easy to bake. I'm not telling you to go out there and bake. My point is baking is you have to be in the present. When you're baking brownies, when you're baking baked beans, you have to be in the present. Because if you are not in the present, your brownies are going to come out terrible. Nobody will eat your baked beans. Okay, baking or cooking, or even gardening, right? These things keep us in the present. They allow, they, they, they train our minds to focus on what's in front of us, to not be distracted by those weeds that poison our garden. And so figure out some kind of something, that some activity that allows you to stay in the present, baking, cooking, gardening, taking care of a goldfish, for God's sake, anything that allows you to stay in the present. It could be just sweeping up a certain part of the sidewalk to make it look good, to make it look like yours, some kind of pride that you have, that you focus on that piece of sidewalk because it allows you to stay present. It keeps the demons away from your mind, those past relationships, those those toxic messages that you received about yourself. No, 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 no. When we're in the present, that's not there. So we talked about baking. We talked about breathing and lastly, setting boundaries. Boundaries are how we control our attention. They are the fence to our garden. They are what allow our garden to be safe from the elements. Clear boundaries. How often are we going to allow smartphones, 
and, and, and billboards and advertisements or toxic people or messages we heard when we were young. How often are we going to let those boundaries enter our minds? How often are we going to do that? We need boundaries. We need a clear set of rules, ground rules for our garden that say, you know what? I'm not going to accept X, Y, and Z. Because if I do that, my life is going to get messy. I'm going to have a lot of negativity that I can't afford. I need all of the fuel that I can, ha I can get to get a house again, to get back on my feet, to apply for that job at the bookstore. I need it all. I can't afford to continue to see that friend of mine who snorts cocaine all day. Or that buddy of mine who's really negative and, and never sees the bright side of things. Setting boundaries with yourself. What you will let in and what you will not let in is so important. And there's so much more where that comes from. Nurturing our garden means having the courage to let go of what no longer serves us. And the vision to plan and plant for the future. It's about dreaming of the beautiful garden we aspire to. And creating actionable steps to make that a reality. The process is not always easy, and it requires us to confront and release old patterns and beliefs, but it's essential for our garden's health and our personal growth. As we stand at the edge of our mental garden, looking back at the ground we've cultivated, sowed, and nurtured, it's clear that the landscape of our mind is a direct reflection of the attention we've poured into it. The journey through our garden has taught us that by sowing wisely, weeding out our distractions, and nurturing our focus with care, we can cultivate a mental environment rich with positivity, resilience, and clarity. This garden is not a static entity, but a living, breathing space that evolves with every choice we make about where to direct our attention. Let this chat today be a call to action, an invitation to step into the role of the attentive gardener, to tend to the garden of your attention with love, care, and purpose. The beauty of your garden lies not just in the absence of weeds, but in the diversity of flowers that bloom after you pluck the weeds away. It's a place where dreams can take root, where peace can flourish, and where destiny is shaped by the quality of your intention. Remember, of the infinite beauty that awaits us once we take away those weeds, once we let those flowers blossom and grow, the world that it can reveal in its true form will be infinite, vibrant, and filled with possibility. May we all strive to cultivate those gardens where every thought, every emotion and action contributes to a life of meaning and beauty. Thank you all for listening. All of you are near and dear to me. Can't wait to hear you next time. Can't wait to see you next time. There's so much more to come. I'm out. Signing out from Straight Strong. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Street Strong. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with every single person you know who is struggling with homelessness. And remember that famous line from Mr. Rogers. When the day turns into night and you're way beyond my sight, I'll think of you.